1: Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Another busy week in Welsh rugby. We've had the Welsh derbies, we've had uh, uh, the Premiership Cup, the mighty Newport winning that, of course. And uh, what else have we got to talk about, Murph? We've got some transfer news, and uh, you, I, th- I think you want to get us underway with a bit of a rant at our, uh, at our previous co-presenters, don't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, so-called rugby fans who were uh, <laughs> messaging to say, Oh, uh, I can't watch any rugby this week. Uh, I mean, I'm in, I'm in somewhere peddling around, peddling around on a bicycle. I can't do it this week. I oh, no, oh, I'm yeah. visiting the uh, pencil museum in uh, Bishop Stortford. You know that these, <laughs> these excuses are flying in from those two. I can tell you. Oh. And I'm in grafting at this all the time. Well, yeah, you. I mean, it probably just tells you how much uh, lack of a social life I got. I suppose more than anything else.
1: Well, yeah, it does. But uh, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm glad you got, got that one off your chest. I know, uh, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm gonna have serious, serious words with Killick. Like, uh, the, the forgotten no, I, man.
0: i will love to tell him off off air that you prompted me, though, to, uh... <laughs> I said, I'm going to start the booze. He said, do it now. Go. <laughs> I was like, yeah, do it
1: now. Do it on air. But anyway, well, we, we hope to get our, uh, our, our, um our learned friends back on this uh, back on this suit but it's me and you again Murph and uh, yeah. we've had a couple of eventful uh, eventful derbies as eventful as a uh, dead rubber pro 14 derbies go <laughs> um I tell you what I did find though watching these ones is I found there was it, it felt it did feel like they were they were derby games whereas you know when we were in the the midst of the rainbow track cup this time last year and we'd all play you know the it was just like every other week. It was, oh, it's more COVID, uh, another round of derbies. And, mm. and it feels like at least the scarcity of them this year has made it, um, has made it a bit more of a, a bit more of an occasion to both of those. And it helped, uh, were you know, some, uh, some half decent weather in Wales. So, you know, it was an ideal scenario to be out having a, having a pint in the sun.
0: Yeah. And, um, last week you threw up an upset, you know, in, uh, well documented on this very podcast <laughs> last week. um, that, I I still think that was coming because of the way they played in um, South Africa. The Dragons, they they mm. they were purposely outgunned, but they was showing attacking shape that they don't normally show. Um, and then when F was played really well, it was that was that was the cue for a, a victory. And it was probably too much to ask for them to back it up this week. But um, should have won that game,
1: Meth. Sorry, I I honestly think they should have won that game this week. Well, they. they they fluffed their lines early on, didn't they? Fluffed the lines early on, you know. But, uh, uh, what's his? Oh, I had a, nickname for,
0: yeah, did I had a he? nickname for him. Yeah, he'll come to me. Yeah, anyway, I, uh, he was he was through one of and dropped it in the, oh, in I the mean, first yeah. ten minutes, and
1: then. that's uh, that's it's just one of those. You've just got to you've just got to take that and score. it's you no know, international international scrum half. He's run the right line. The ball was good enough to to snatch, and oh. he's in under the post You know, you you score that one. There was another one, I think. You know there was there were various opportunities where we were in their 22, and um, yeah. you know we fumbled that uh, knocked the ball on, looking for a quick pick and go, and things like that. Yeah, and, um, but and then it was just you find yourself 17 areas. nil down.
0: Exactly, all, all the hand in there that seemed to be in attacking positions in in the opposition 22. So it's a lack of you know that's a lack of composure or, or just you know like. Um, a bit of white, white line fever, maybe, uh, where you're kind of a side that's not used to being in those situations on a regular basis. You just kind of fluff it. Um, and I suppose if they keep playing in this form, then eventually those things will stick, you know. But um, uh Scarlet's yeah. kind of just, I, I, even though they were getting battered early on, they, they and obviously Newport wasted a few chances, they didn't look like they were panicking at, at any time and when their chances came, they, they took most of them and uh, that showed in the um, final score.
1: Yeah, it did and uh, it was disappointing. I also thought, again, well, you know, we'll get a, a quick referee grievance out of, uh, out of the way. Not that this is the reason that we didn't win because we had enough chances to win anyway, but I thought he completely bottled that Steph Evans one. Uh, it looked like a knock-on to me. You show it. It's, it's like one of that bullshit. Nick Tompkins one in the uh, in the Australia game. You know, if you can try and tell me that that ball went backwards. Um, oh right, I'm, yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm not having it. He bottled it because he was on a he was on a second yellow and he was going to send someone off for for two. You know, deliberate knock ons. Which um, I just thought, yeah, I just thought the ref completely completely bottled his lines there.
0: Um, ah, I you I um I came in and watched it late last uh, Friday night, so I. Was speed watching, and I at the time I had forgotten that he was on his second yellow, so yeah. I didn't quite grasp the gravity of the bottling out. <laughs> um, that's interesting, yeah. Referees don't like that, do they?
1: No, it's just like you know, I um, I just think with this, uh, it, it there's far too much. What's the word? Um, subjectivity with these with these rugby things. Me and Steph mm. were talking about it last week with the, you know, mitigation around head injuries. Like that's just got to be clear cut, you know, that yeah. if it's a dangerous tackle to the head. And you know, there's a clear difference between the, the Jonathan Davis one last week where he you know he almost took Josh Lewis's head off, again, not maliciously, and then something like the Gareth Davis one that's just a simple high tackle and you know Bertrand went down like a footballer. Um but there there's just too much, you know, there's there's too much kind of mitigation with, with some of these decisions. And I think deliberate knock ons should it's it's just really, really simple. If there's an overlap and you knock the ball on or you, you go for an intercept and it doesn't it doesn't come off, you're gonna get binned. Like like um like Owen Lane. Owen Lane hit the ball up. He had a half decent chance of getting it, he didn't get it, therefore he's off. It's as yeah. simple as that. And yeah, and yeah. I you know, watching that replay, the ball looked like it went forward to me and um yeah, I don't know. Just thought we bottled it. But anyway, nonetheless, the Dragons had more than enough chances to um, to get a lead early on. They fluffed their lines, and they were seventeen nil down. And we're uh yeah, I, I don't know. I find we're back in the position where we were in twelve months ago, where they finished the season quite strongly, but didn't have enough um, enough to get over the line in in a lot of these a lot of these games. So uh, it, it has to change at the start of next season. Um, otherwise, Dean Ryan's going to be under a, a, a lot of pressure. But but that said, the last three weeks have been three really good performances, generally.
0: Yeah, and of course, there's, um, uh, as we mentioned briefly off air, uh, the sign-ins to come in as well. The, you know, the, um, I've forgotten his name already, so good. Tomkinson. The, no, the latest one, the latest sign-in from
1: uh, New Zealand. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's Tom, Tomkinson, I think his name is.
0: Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. his first name is? Um... C O. Ah, right, okay yeah i do i do, I do, so. I do <laughs> wow i didn't realize i did, i saw the uh montage of his play and i didn't click that he had a um
1: anglicized like surname
0: it, a british surname mm. yeah
1: yeah 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 so yeah i mean i mean that seems like a really uh yeah a really exciting one um you know super rugby experience um mm. it, it's it's got to all click quite early next next season but um Generally speaking, the last three games have been so much more positive than the rest of the season that I, I, I don't know, God, it's the, it's the hope that kills you. But um,
0: well, look, some some of the existing squad, are, I think, are in really good form. You know, they are, yeah, just not enough as as a team to make a bigger impact. But uh, with the players they've signed, you know, you you've, it's quite it's quite a broad, you know, it's uh, Ohanrahan and. Um, uh, the second row Saunders, this is how his name is uh, Lonsdale. Lonsdale, and then the CEO, Tom Concerne, in my view. Uh, um, you've got to be positive with the way they, you know, again, it hasn't showed up in results, but you've got to be positive with the way they're playing and what's coming in. The only negative that I was, I was going to mention off-air earlier is um, Jonah Holmes.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been a a real... Well, not a puzzler. I think obviously we we talked about it in the autumn. He was in red hot form, was overlooked for Wales, and yeah, That's, it's the, a that's, the, that's the reason he's here. No. That's the reason he's here was to yeah. was to try and stay on the, the the national side. And and to be fair, he has not looked the same player since since the autumn and not getting a and not getting a sniff. Um, no. he so hasn't been on the pitch much. No, he hasn't. So it's, it's probably the best for all for all parties. But mm. it's a real shame because if we could have got going. Um, yeah, you know, I think he. I think he when he's playing his best rugby, he's a massive asset to the Dragons, and he could be a massive asset to Wales. So it's a it's a real yeah. puzzler, that one.
0: Yeah, and he's one of those that was caught in the um, uh, pay scheme that he. he the Dragons are only paying twenty percent of his mm. wages, so yeah, it's a it's a financial blow as well because obviously the guy they bring in now they probably have to pay hundred percent. Whoever covers well, that. yeah. Well, that. I mean,
1: essentially, yeah, essentially, you know, kind of. Tonkinson, I guess has come in as a you yeah. know as a back. Um I know, maybe maybe he's replacing Roberts um rather than that. But yeah, you're right, absolutely. Mm. Obviously, yeah, it's a it, it makes it a difficult one to juggle um to juggle financially, but
0: Yeah, juggle the budget. In
1: all, all in all, squad looks squad looks stronger in, in performances. Performances are improving <laughs> um but it's it's got to manifest itself into something meaningful at the start of next season. You know we can't just be saying oh i didn't quite have enough i know I know it's difficult with uh, with the playing budget that they've got, but now that the, it feels like going into next season that is that is Dean ryan's squad, and mm-hmm. you would hope at the very least that they can be incredibly fit and disciplined and well drilled in certain aspects because that's what you kind of expect from Dean Ryan's sides. So if they come out of the season with that, you know, with that in mind, and they have shown a lot more of that in recent weeks, then, then at least it, you know, it gives you a, it gives you a reason to think. Well, we're not going to get we're not going to get thumped all the time. And, and to be honest, that's kind of uh, that, that would that would be an improvement on the bulk of this season.
0: Yeah, uh, I, just going briefly onto the Scarlet, so I, I think last time I was on, I said they were the best um, region. Hmm. And then uh, they lost the Dragons straight away, just to shut me up. But I think um, the way they came back this week and their generally overall uh, play compared to the other three, I think I think they are the best um, I, I region at the moment. That. And only probably Ospreys at home, you know, would be a definite tricky one for them. Uh, 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 well, we know we know Cardiff. Um, got spanked by <laughs> Scarlets twice um,
1: so yeah that would be the only hard game for, from a re- from a regional opposition at the moment for Scarlet's uh, they've, um, they've got 22 players out injured at the moment as well actually so there's quite a lot of um, yeah. you know they've got obviously they've got the biggest squad but that is the yeah, there's a, an awful lot of injuries within that um, but some, I, I think really I thought they won that game quite even though I say the Dragons should have won it it never really felt like they had to they had to dig too deep, I don't think, um, the Scarlets. You know, they they've like we say, went seventeen nil up really pretty pretty easily. Yeah. But I think there's some encouraging things in there, not just for, for Scarlets, but for for Wales fans as well. I mean, the the pass for I can't remember it was Baldwin who went over, it was a beautiful pass from Patchell, uh for for a try for him out wide on the right, and there was another from Johnny Williams as well, just, you know, real um Great precision. Um, and I think there's, a, yeah, there's, there's definitely a couple of things in there that I think should um, should encourage Wales fans as well as Scarlets fans in that back
0: line. Yeah, and I, you know, I know, I know, we've wang on about it all the time, but uh, I just love to see Patchell on. You know, have a proper run of games. He came back on the South African tour, just disappeared again. I don't know, I don't know if there was some niggle there to clear up. Or I didn't hear anything, but um, the more time he spends on the pitch the bet obviously much better for um scarlets. but um I think he might be the most creative option for Wales now if he can run himself into a long run of games uh, and be the kind of backup to either first choice or backup to bigger off the bench um obviously there's three tests against the box in June is it June or July June I think yeah. yeah um I just love to see him go right through the end of the season into those three games and, and, and not have any issues because he does seem to be one of those players who does need to play himself back into form. Uh, and like yeah. some boys these days, they just hit the ground running, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I've got all my fingers and toes crossed for Reese patchel because he's obviously not a youngster anymore either. So no. if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't uh, get back to his best soon and get back into the, well set up, it might you
1: know. Time's going to slip by before you know it. So, yeah, I think he's definitely, like you say, I think he's definitely the best running option at ten, undoubtedly that the Wales have. And you know, obviously bigger brings other qualities, and I think he's still the the best ten in terms of overall international quality. But in terms of a player who's who's going to open open things up and and really kind of get a backline moving, I think Patchell is that best option if he can <laughs> stay fit and get a run of games.
0: He puts serious pace on his passes like he the ca- the cameramen are struggling to keep up if they, if, you know if they 're not on a wide angle uh, a wide shot they, they, they're to f- um, really f- throw the camera around to keep up with the speed of the ball like um, um yeah it's just it's thrilling to see him back in, that, in in that kind of mode if you know what i mean um, just really distributing the ball hard and uh, it makes a massive difference to especially to scarless but um any side because as we know they've been using a lot of uh dan jones and what have you over the last year or so and um it's, uh, chalk and cheese having you know no disrespect to dan jones chalk and cheese having reese all there just just on dist- distribution alone you know
1: it is I, th- I think um i think costello's done his uh his cause of long-term wales ambitions no harm this um Mm. These last, these last couple of games, I think he would. If everyone's fit at the scarlets, I would say it's it's Patchell and Costello are the you know the, are the two best tens there. Oh yeah, and you know he's obviously got a lot of um, a lot of improving to do, Costello as well, just through just through match experience and game management and all those kind of things. But he's uh, yeah, you know I think that things are looking a bit more um, a bit more encouraging for them at uh, at ten. And uh, but it's, it just uh, you're right, it just all hinges on Patchell being fit because he is the. You know he's like the the kind of um, the nerve centre of that uh, of that backline. It's just uh, he can yeah he can he can turn the tempo up and down really really easily and yeah just like you would love him to stay fit and get and get a chance um, playing a bit more in the red of Wales. Uh, it's
0: you know it's pushing on well it probably is two and a half three seasons since he's been in um, in regular rugby if you know what I mean week in week out. He hasn't is, done it. Yeah. I think he might have been injured before 2019 World Cup as well. and, and, and Yeah, I think he was. Back in shortly before the World Cup and, you know, went into the squad. Um, so he's had a really disrupted career, you know, for quite a number of seasons. So I just, like, like you know, like nearly every player <laughs> around, I just hope he has a clean run of games. I said the same thing about Jordan Williams this season. Mm-hmm. Um He's never there week in week out. He just uh, something about his physique. He just can't do it. It's not selection. I think he would get selected, and obviously he reads it all the time, isn't he? Yeah, and obviously Reese Patchell, if fit, would just be uh, in some respects first name on the team sheet for uh, the He just can't. He just. I, I suppose you know. It just goes to show how demanding it is um, at that level to um, and to turn out week after week with with all the conditioning as well on top, and uh, when players can do it the sort of boys who they just you know um, for example Alan Wynn this weekend he's done his 250th Osprey's game works out 450 first class matches or something that he's played when he had, did all really his Wales moment. internationals yeah. and then his his other games that he's played so um, you're in you're in you know um, different era obviously but you're in the territory of some of the players from the old days who just played for Played for their club for 20 years at a high level, so you know, like at your club, uh, Muddy Waters and Reese Morgan and all them all, 700 games and all that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, it's it's on it's on a par with that, and it just goes to show some some players are just apart from being amazing at rugby, they got the durability, which is worth which is worth uh, as much as the ability on top again, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, um
1: absolutely. And, and talking of injuries and, and second rows, and to bring it back to the Scarlets, I think uh, I, I think he picked up man of the match yesterday, but Sam Lousey was fantastic mm. for them. I think he's been their quite quite possibly their best player all season, or certainly their most influential player. I think when it, he's on the park he makes a huge difference for them.
0: Steph say he's the I think Steph said last week he's the best second row player in Wales. I think he did say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Current form, he'd have to be, wouldn't he? I mean, uh, one or two pushing him close you know Will Rowland somewhere have you but yeah. um, Alan Wynn yeah. hasn't been on the pitch enough to, to challenge that so um, yeah he, he makes a huge I mean he's obviously a great player but he makes a huge difference to Scarlett's if he's not in the side there's not a lot you know outside of that's not insulting anyone but his performances are so strong that when, when he's not there you really notice uh, that he's missing so uh yeah, great signing.
1: Yeah, I think he's been superb. And again, you know, he's got the brilliant, flashy ball in one hand offloads, and you know that Harlem Globe tries try from five from five yards out. You know, he's mm. keeping the ball in one hand, and that's that's all brilliant and eye catching. But he does the nuts and bolts really well. Carries hard. He tackles really hard. Smokes people at rucks. You know, he's got he's got everything you want in a um, yeah, in yeah. an Islander second yeah. row, hasn't he? And uh, yeah, I think he's he's, he's been fantastic for them and it's those kind of players that those top quality foreign uh, non-Welsh qualified players that can just make if you get it right yeah I think like we were saying I can't remember if it was with you or or Steph uh, we were saying recently but you know like the, the era when Cardiff had Ben Blair and Paul Tito and that quality of player who were going to be yeah. in the side week in week out and improving the others around them, Zavrush, those kind of players. Yeah. Um, I think it just makes a, a huge difference. Likewise, the Ospreys, you know, the, the tier tiers and Marty Holler and Marshall and those kind of players. Um, it's more difficult now financially to, to find that calibre of of player, but it's, yeah. it's uh, it just shows how important it is in in your recruitment to get it get it right when it comes to the non Welsh qualified players.
0: Yeah, I, de- I definitely think it's an issue with uh say, uh Cardiff because the the those players you mentioned earlier they just raise everyone else's standards and, and they by being relentlessly good and consistent all the time everyone else kind of gets behind that and there's no one inspiring that at um Cardiff I, I'm picking them out because they're so uh inconsistent at the moment um there's no one inspiring that at um Cardiff and and I I, I, <laughs> I kind of feel sorry for the coaches because they're just sort of running around stamping out fires with their coach uh, I assume because uh, like um, the defeat to the Ospreys this weekend they, they, they I don't know if anyone else noticed but they're clearing out of the ruck was really impressive and effective but this week unlike their previous game, their hands had gone to shit. So every time they made a break, uh, James Ratty made a really good break and just completely fluffed his pass to Thomas Williams. And there was a few occasions, well, numerous occasions of just handling errors and uh, non necessarily a massive amount of pressure. And so now, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> Whoever runs the session is going to just make them do two on ones or uh, three on twos <laughs> for hours on end. And then next week, something else will go wrong, like the set piece will start to wobble. So um, it, it, it's, um, and I, again, I think it's um, uh, partly due to the makeup of the squad and partly due because you haven't got like any um, ta- quality talisman there to inspire everyone around
1: them. Yeah, it's tricky. Just before we go to a break, it is tricky because again, they have. But you know, you you look at someone like Lelo. I think you know Lelo would be in that kind of bracket of how I mean, he must have been there five or six seasons now, and again, hugely consistent performer. Um, but outside of that, I, am, I, am I missing anyone who's really kind of?
0: Well, Willis is an import really, but he's naturalised now. Well, um, Willis
1: Willis is one of ours, isn't he? So yeah, um,
0: but he was an import yeah. initially for the first he was, three yeah, seasons, he was. and, and uh, it's just that you you would have also had then. Um, top quality uh, uh, international forwards, you know, like a former All Black, uh, for example, and they just can't afford them. They just, well, it's not that they can't afford them. Well, it, no, it is. It is that they can't afford them. But what I mean is, that the the draw is the English Premiership and the top fourteen, or or the big spend in uh, Irish provinces. Um, mm-hmm. So that you know, even the bargain basement ones get hoovered up by. Um, uh, Italian clubs and Scottish clubs. Yeah. And, you know, and I've said before on here that the English Premiership is like a South African academy because it, it's just some some matches honestly it's a joke. There's like seven for sale there's like seven South African forwards on the pitch and uh, plus um, um Bevan Rod. Do you know Bevan yeah. Rod? Yeah. Yeah. That's said, right, re- yeah, re- Luke said really impressive. But yeah, the, I I've had two different um Stories uh, from comment- commentators about where he's from. The first one I heard he was from the Isle of Man, and then the second time I heard he was Scottish. So I don't know where he's actually from, but he's a, he's an amazing player. Uh, he, he, shape-wise, he looks like uh, Morgan Morris, especially the way he's <laughs> over, especially the way he's over the ball all the time at, at the breakdown. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it, it's um, it, it, there was a game I can't remember which. Um, whose sale we're playing against, but there was a game where he was the only non-South African in the, in the sale pack. And then, of course, there was more South Africans on the bench. So um, that's another reason why there's no decent <laughs> uh, foreigners going spare for, for the Welsh regions.
1: Well, with that wage cap coming down in, uh, in the premiership as well, you'd expect yeah. over the over the... the... But then they'll just all end up in France (laughs) or or Ireland.
0: Well, um, Sale losing their two biggest names. They're losing um, uh, Tichy Faf Faf, and um, the Lighthouse, Lou Diaga. They're both going to Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, uh, hopefully, eventually, (laughs) if anyone else gets cut, they'll be available. I I can't see anyone dying to come and play a Cardiff Yes.
1: Not right now. I mean, again, yep. the, the draw is, uh, you know. But but then again, you know, like we said, I know they're not world beaters coming in at the Dragons necessarily, but they've recruited better than a side who've not won a game at home all season uh, and yeah. have barely what you know have barely won away. Mm. So I don't know. They must always be... and it's not like <laughs> they're, they're they're cashing huge checks to do it. Yeah. So um, I well, don't I've know. Already, Dean, I've Dean already... Ryan must have some photos of these players or um, or some seriously good <laughs> chat.
0: Well, I've already had um, uh, opposition fans on Twitter calling the Dragons big spenders (laughs) (laughs) because they've signed thirty-four-year-old JJ Hanrahan.
1: (laughs) He's not that old. No, I know. No, I know. I just just like to. But he seems like it as well, doesn't he? He seems like he's been around forever, Hanrahan. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think he's only. I think he he might even be shy of 30 I think but anyway mm-hmm. let's take a quick break and we'll come back we'll have a look at the uh, in more yeah. detail at the woes of uh, of Cardiff and, the, and a win for the Ospreys and um we'll wrap up a few other bits and pieces as well but first we're going to take this quick break Right, Murph time for the second half and uh Let's get get the microscope out again. It's uh, time to look at the most inconsistent side in uh, in Wales right now. Um, Cardiff, um, or in fact, let's talk about the Ospreys first because it's been. I it feels like it's been like six months since I've spoken about the Ospreys on this. They, yeah, they haven't been playing many games, and then no, on I, those I occasions can't, when can't they have been playing. Um I seem, to, I seem to keep missing the, the, the games that they've been playing in as well. The last time I remember them playing was in South Africa against the Sharks or something. I, I can't remember if that's actually their last game or not. Um, yeah, a well, good, that was the a thing. A good win um, for them,
0: though. Well, when they came back from that mini tour, all the other regions went straight into matches and, and the Ospreys yeah. seemed to have a nice little break after it. So, um,
1: I think these were the postponed COVID Christmas derbies, weren't they? But then right. surely the Ospreys would have been a part of that. Well, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, no, and then then you had some European rugby as well, didn't you? With um, with Dragons and uh, Dragons playing a dead rubber against Gloucester and of course and, and, and Cardiff Yeah, yeah. Like that so maybe, yeah, Maybe that's part of it. But but anyway, nonetheless, um, again, they're, they're a side who've been up and down throughout this season. Mm. And when they win, it looks like that, doesn't it? It's gritty, uh, take some chances, keep the scoreboard ticking over. You know, it's not. It's not spectacular, um, explosive rugby, but it can be really, really effective. If they played like that most weeks, then you'd have to think that the Ospreys had had, really had something good to build on going into next season.
0: Yeah, I was a bit surprised. um, When I looked at their front five, I fancied them to just beat down on Cardiff, but it didn't actually work out like that initially. They got on top eventually, but um, the Cardiff scrum went... Quite well early on. Um, yeah, our
1: hip got the better of Gareth Thomas a couple of times, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, Thomas wasn't dominant as, uh, as he normally is uh, in the scrum. So yeah, it was a bit of a surprise early on. But um, and the other th- the other thing with the Ospreys is um, Gareth Anscombe is just a shadow of his former self.
1: He's not playing badly, but he just looks like a kicking ten now, doesn't he? He looks yeah. like Steve. He, he plays the same way as Stephen Myler does when he plays. Mm. You know, there's no, um, you know, he used to have just that that little bit of um, that little bit of gas to get away, or yeah. a little show and go to get to get through a gap. And um, well, he hasn't
0: kicked on from September. When he came back in September, and was like, "Oh, I hope he's okay," yeah. you know? and and he, he's been on the pitch fairly regularly, but he hasn't. Kind of progress, you know, he hasn't. Everyone imagined he was playing himself back into the sport after such a long time out, but he hasn't progressed. I don't, it doesn't seem to me anyway, hasn't progressed um, since uh, his comeback games much. So um, yeah.
1: hopefully, which, which again is understandable given the, the horrific yeah. nature of the injury, but you, yeah. you really hope that there is a, a bit more around the corner. That's you know, that said, like I say, he, he did not play badly, but um. It's wrong. just yeah, it's 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 it is like watching a very, very different player.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think back to his best he would be the answer for
1: uh Wayne Pivak. But well, uh, um, he no... well, he was Gatlin's first choice ten going into that World Cup, wasn't he? If he hadn't yeah, a bust exactly. his knee, he yeah. would have been he would have been playing yeah. ten and um We'd have won the World he, Cup if he hadn't he. Had bust his knee. And we would have obviously <laughs> won the World Cup. So um <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's all that needs to be said about the matter. <laughs> On the other hand, a player who's had his fair share of injuries and is no spring chicken um, picked up man of the match again. Oh, Reese Webb is just, I, you know, all right. Look, it, he's not going to be the long term solution for Wales anyway. Thomas Thomas Williams is, and he had another fine game as well, actually. But yeah, I, um, I've just, uh, yeah, I just think he's uh, always pulls out big performances for them. He's, he's, yeah, he's had a really good season in a kind of stuttering Ospreys. Side at at times, he's just never seems to let them down. Such an influential player, still at this stage in his career.
0: I think they've relied on him heavily this year because he's been one of the few experienced players who's there all the time. Uh, Partly because he's not in the Welsh club, but partly because he's not injured like uh, Tips and George and um, Alan Wynn's been out a lot. And so he's there. He's there. He's like a, he's like a, (laughs) it's like an overseas signing because he's just there Mm -hmm. every week leading the way. And, um, you know, he's still. I assume people who are not particularly a fan of uh, uh, Reese Webb probably say that he's not as quick as he was or, you know, he's not there at his best. But he's still running in interceptions from 50, 60 yards um, and reading games as well as any other nine in the country or in Britain. Um, You know, I'm not against... uh, Coaches moving on blokes in their thirties. I mean, Gatland used to do it uh, mercilessly to to you know legends of <laughs> Welsh rugby. Um, so I'm not totally against it, but I just think well, we we've said before we it was too early, um, and it, it, it's just if if the, you know at one stage that the three boys who've been. Uh, uh, in the Welsh quarter recent times, uh, Gareth Davis-Thomas and Kieran Hardy, they, if they were all in their best form, they'd say, fair enough. But um, they've all wobbled this year, you know, Kieran Hardy in particular, I would say, although he did have a great second half against England when he was on the pitch. Um, but for his club, he hasn't been, you know, Steph and um, Matthew Jones, was it Matthew, mm. who said he hasn't had a great season for his club. So, um, did he, you know, we, there is an argument <coughs> that you, you, you there was no, like Danny care. there was no need to just, it's not as if um, England had loads of players queuing up behind Danny care. They just kicked him out early and that was the end of that. And uh, I, I, you know, we've said before that uh, PFAC obviously just doesn't like Reese Webb, but um, there's nothing about, it's not nothing, I don't think any of it could, you could, obviously he's not as quick as he was five years ago, but then none of them are. Uh, there's nothing about his play that
1: that you could say this is why Pivac is no longer picking Rhys web. No, and it's uh, yeah, he's, not, he's not as quick as he was, obviously, as you expect today, three thirty-four, but at the same time it's just the you're right, he's still got enough gas to to run in interceptions. And it's just the um the playing what's in front of him, which is such a rarity um in recent times in in Welsh backs. Well, and generally in the, the professional game, he's always looking at what's going on in front, and therefore knows when to to give it the show and go. Knows when he's got someone on his shoulder. Knows how to to tie in um, to tie in defenders at the base of the ruck because he's still such a threat around the uh, around the fringes. Yeah. His service is good. His box kicking is good. Yeah, just um, you know, uh, putting aside Wales' uh, ambitions for for one uh, for one point. You're right. He's just been. Um, Massively influential for the Ospreys.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, a huge um, benefit to, for them to not for him not to not to be involved at any stage this year because he's there, you know, right through uh, February and March and uh, all through the autumn. So um, yeah, good for them. And and uh, I think um, I don't know if they play uh, scarlets and ospreys playing each other for the end of the year. That'd be a good game, I think. Um,
1: Imagine um, uh, I shall, yeah. Let, let's uh, take a look at the um at the the upcoming fixtures as well because again we've got a number of uh, um. Yeah, we've got we've got more derbies to get through before the uh, before the end of the season. Um, talk amongst yourselves, Murph, won't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> while I while I dig these out, um, <sighs> yeah. I think I think they have still got to play before the end of the season. Right. But, um, I I also might be completely wrong on that. So uh, it would be a good uh, game anyway because it's, it's the two the
0: two clearly the two, I mean league position as well but you know it, it, um, clearly the two strongest regions at the moment. Cardiff have uh, flattered to deceive again and uh, those two are the better side so I think um, uh, at home Ospreys uh, home game for the Ospreys against Scarlet's would be a really good match. Uh, when I was going to talk amongst myself just now <laughs> I was going to mention the um, cup games at the yeah. stadium on SLC today the first one the plate was um, Trabanos Bedwas. did you see it? Uh,
1: uh, I didn't see that one no you- Trabanos <laughs> won though didn't they? Yeah
0: it's a really good finish uh, Bedwas looked like they won and uh, it was a late try from Trabanos but what um, <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm so chuffed about, it, but there's actually two sides we've beaten this year at my club. <laughs> so there's not many, there's not many fixtures played in the country yeah. in the championship, but we can say that. Um, and then um, there was an upset in the in the in the cup game as well. Uh, Bargoid were well on top, and um, I, I actually missed sort of twenty minutes half of the second half, and when I came back, Neath were winning. So um, it was really good, really good games. I thought I, I haven't seen. The whole of the Avenue Newport game yet though.
1: Yeah, it's um as a, as an occasion as well. It, it is one of those things we were talking off air, and we won't have time to go into this tonight, Murph. But about the perennial problem of what do you do with the with the the, the semi pro clubs? You know what kind of a competition is right. But it is a real good a real good occasion. The cup final day mm. um, in Cardiff, and you know. It's got that that brilliant element of history and community rugby and three games all on the same day. It's a you know it's a it's a really um, it's a really good thing. But it's uh, how it ties in with the professional game is, is is that conundrum that we're you know if there was if there was someone who could solve that then um, they they could command an almighty whack of money from <laughs> from the Wru to do it. Well, uh, I think
0: they hope it's Nigel Walker.
1: <laughs> well, I think they do, but. Um, mm. Yeah, interesting this week. You know, like you were saying, there was a, an expected announcement about a reshaping of the Premiership that never materialised. So we'll um, yeah. we'll have to wait a little bit longer to see what that uh, what that entails, and if it is the, the cutting down to, to nine sides, as was kind of much uh, mooted this week. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's it,
0: it, yeah, it, it, it looks like that's what's going to happen. But what, because there's been no official announcement from the WIU, we don't know the criteria of. The makeup of those well, the, you know, the word is two from each region plus RGC. But how do they choose the two from each region? Because mm-hmm. obviously, they, in some regions, there's three or even four clubs that might be eligible to be in the Premiership, and so they've got to choose. Um, you could choose two from each, and, and based on what? And it's also then, as we were saying, off here, it's quite a. Bit of, it's a bit of an existential. Uh, a crisis involved there because uh, um, for some clubs because uh, Swansea for example if they're not selected they'd be in the championship and then uh, as Yestin, <laughs> as Yesin will often say there's, no, there's not enough Swansea in, in the Ospreys yeah. so they just a huge club like Swansea could end up being uh, also runs in, in Welsh rugby obviously promotion is still open to them You know, uh, in the fullness of time. But um, that's not guaranteed. It's been
1: been a good season in the Premiership this year as well, I think. I'm mm -hmm. not just saying, well, it was going really well for Newport till a couple of weeks ago. But Mm -hmm. I think, like you know, just like kind of establishing that big Thursday night game on... um, on S4C has been a, a, shot in the arm for it. And mm. I've found myself watching mm. more this year than I, than I have done in previous years.
0: Yeah. And and the, and the streaming, just, they, even if it's not live on yeah. S4C, stream on Facebook or YouTube or something. And, uh, yeah, it's good. And you do see like, um, boys on the way up and boys on the way down when it, whenever mm. you watch, you know, that level, um, and guys who have been, what I like about watching, say Pride or something, these guys who've been there for literally ten seasons and more, Ray R- 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 and players like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, Dickamedius is it? Yeah, is that guy the,
0: Dick Amidus, yeah. Yeah, that that crowd, you know, the proper, you know, uh, lifelong players in that side, and uh, I like I like to see stuff like that. But um,
1: I do. But whether or not it's the right thing for um, for feeding. The regions and creating the next generation of mm. professional players off the conveyor belt. It said, uh, you know, again, we, we have nowhere near enough time for that because I've got a curry no. in the oven. Or enough um, information.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we just literally don't know how they're going to work in. Uh, but, I know, you know, I know. I, I'm
0: not against condensing the number of teams because this should condense the quality, you know, there'd yeah. be, you know, less. Uh, less semi pro players washing around in the premiership and and so therefore should only only the best ones will be getting picked so um that should make it better quality but um uh, how they would choose the size is just I, I, I it might just like we said off here, it might just go on uh finishing position at the end of uh, next season
1: yeah yeah i mean it 's um it's not. It's not exactly ideal to uh, to be ha- having this discussion at, in late April as well. <laughs> no. You know, um, yeah, that's like it's like discussing the regional team bu- budgets in late
0: April, which they still don't know for next we, year. We, oh,
1: yeah, I know. This this is it, isn't it? It's like... I I did have a little wry smirk when you mentioned the word existential crisis. I was like, oh, it's been a good twenty minutes since we've had an existential crisis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it just it just goes it just goes hand in hand with Welsh rugby, doesn't it? Every every um every week there is there is something else, but that that just comes back to uh, to we you know we've never been set up for for professional rugby. There's not the resources in the country to go round um, to be competitive. Uh, at the level we, that we would love, you know, mm. it would be it would be amazing if uh, if the if we could have a version of uh, of the club rugby that that we enjoyed prior to professionalism. But it's um, you know it's it's, it's never going to happen, and we can Not. we can barely put together functioning uh, you know functioning regions, pro clubs, whatever you want to see. But yeah. there's, there there has to be there has to be a, a realization from the WOU at some point that. You've either got to, you've either got to invest in them, or someone has to invest in them, um, in order in order for them to be competitive, and and you've got to figure out what to do with the uh, what to do with the Premiership because how many time, I mean how many times has it been reshaped since we've been doing this show? You know, there's been various different guises of it, so mm. a hell of a lot to think about. Let's um, let's hope. Yeah, let's hope uh, Nigel Walker and his, his brains trust have uh, have got something up the sleeve.
0: Well, look, that's that's I think the main thing because obviously the, these topics get really <laughs> messy on um, Twitter and Rel, yeah. Welsh rugby Twitter and what have you, But the, the reason why uh, it's um, contentious and there's no like uh, obvious answer is because this. Complicated, like uh, as we've been over many times, setting up regional rugby was complicated. Mm. You know, it was really hard because the the country is, uh, the population is all crowded into the southeast mainly. Two thirds of the population live in the southeast Wales, and so it's it's so hard to um, uh, regionalize anything like that around in this uh, neck of the woods and and something had to be done because all the clubs were going busts at the time, you know, no one could afford. The thing is, with a professional rugby team is like some, (laughs) some of the small professional football teams, they probably only got 20 players on their books, Mm. you know, and a couple of Academy boys. Um, If you want to run a a proper full-time top level rugby team, you probably need 40 professional players. Because especially with the churn in in leagues like the Gallagher Premiership, and the amount of uh, impact and uh, the number of just the sheer number of fixtures, so you can't you 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 know you've got to have shed loads of money, uh, and we, we this area just doesn't generate enough to do that. So that's why we are where we are with um, four regions that lots of people just hate. Mm. <laughs> Uh, even probably parts of the Wru, and certainly the people who get a vote, uh, the clubs that get a vote on decisions that affect those regions, all hate them, and uh, that's why uh, we are where we, we we. That's why we are where we are with um, rugby, professional rugby in uh, Wales at the moment.
1: Well, if you've got any answers, uh, send them on a postcard. <laughs> yeah, or, small uh, postcard. Yeah, t- yeah. Tweet them to us. Actually, no, please don't tweet them to us. There's as, uh, as enough uh, yeah, enough madness goes on on Welsh rugby Twitter without firing up uh, firing up that debate. But that'll do us for this week, Murph. Um, good to catch up with you as always. Um, hopefully, we'll be seeing uh, some of the, the, the lesser spotted Daniel Killick on uh, on this show fairly soon. Uh, we're getting close to internationals, though, aren't we? So he, he starts, uh, he starts sniffing <laughs> out now. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like Emmanuel Adebayor looking for a new contract, Dan Killick, when it comes to the internationals. Something starts appearing. As
0: long as he's not going up Alb Duers, he might be available.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah, this is it. If he's not. For me, yeah, pursuing a career in professional cycling, then we might uh, we might see him, and uh, and uh, yeah, big thanks to Murph, thanks to everyone uh, for listening and for all the, the the feedback over the last couple of weeks. That's been fantastic. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcast, that would be fantastic. And finally, as always, a thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. You can get some great quality coffee at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. Uh, and I did see as well. I should have looked this up properly, but. Uh, Scott and the uh, the the founder of So Coffee Trades, former Ospreys hooker, obviously good uh, good friend of the show. He's been nominated for um, uh, entrepreneur of the, the year, I think, at the uh, the I want to say it's the uh, uh, the Welsh Food and Drink Awards or something like that. So uh, so well done, Scott. Recognition uh, definitely uh, definitely well deserved. Mm. Uh, but we'll be back to chat rugby and uh, and who knows coffee with you next week. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.